Why, it's 5.30. Yeah, I know that. Oh, you ain't sleeping. I know that. You're pacing the floor. I know that, Ada. Gee, tell me something I don't know. Well, there's only 63 more shopping days to Christmas. <laughs> You. Not. Oh, come on, sit down. Something must have happened to you last night. Nothing, nothing. What are you getting so nosy for? Oh, I ain't being nosy. <laughs> I'm just talking to you. The secret of a good marriage is for a husband and wife to communicate. Where'd you get that? The, the Reader's, Reader's Digest. Digest. <laughs> well, let the Reader's Digest condense this. <laughs> Let me tell you something very important. What? I'm your wife. <laughs> Who else knows this? Oh, everybody. And because I am your wife, if something's bothering you, I ought to know about it. Uh, well, I tell you, it... Last night I'd done maybe the dumbest thing in my whole life. Are you sure you've lived a long time? <laughs> hey, this is Carolyn Hennessy, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Now, this, this is, I think, uh, one of the crowning jewels of this week in TV history for, for January. January 12th, 1971, and that was the debut of All in the Family. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that played the hit parade. You well, know, that's ne- a show that couldn't be produced today. It just could not. For so many reasons. Well, because you can never, you can't put. Actually, you can, you can portray a toilet on television right now. But yeah, that was that's, that's the easy then. part. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the controversy was uh, the sound effect. Well, the sound effect. Of course, of course, we talked about this before a few months ago when I believe. And you know, the Brady was, Bunch never had a toilet, and they the kids shared a bathroom. Yes, but mom and dad shared the same bed. Ooh. Yes, right. Well, they were only second to Herman and Lillian Munster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had, yeah, Rob and Laura Petrie still had to push the beds together, and yeah. so did Lucy and Ricky. And they were married in real life. When Carol O'Connor died in 2001, um, uh, one of the old interview clips I, I remember was how he was very adamant because he, he knew that he was going, he was playing a bigot and there's no, there's no, there's, there's no going around it. And he said, as long as it's, 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 I have no problem playing this character as long as it's clear that he's the butt of the jokes at the, at yeah. the end of the day, mm-hmm. he's the butt of the jokes. And he was, he was, he also, you know, he did two pilots, uh, both with Gene Stapleton. There were different kids. First one was called Justice for All because originally the character was Archie Justice, mm-hmm. and then uh, those were the days. All three uh, versions had the same theme song. In fact, the original purpose of having uh, the two lead characters sing the song is that they ran out of money. They didn't have money to have musicians and, and you know, professional. Oh, and, and and they should. Oh, why you, don't we just sing it? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I why didn't don't know we that. just do it? And uh, if you check out uh, the mental sorbet, I have the two lost pilots. There, there were uh, there's one in 1968 and one in 1969. So I think the first one was Justice for All. The second one was Those Were the Days, and then you know developed to what we now know as All in the Family. Now I read somewhere that um, 
Uh, Mickey Rooney was the original, well, or at least he, he one was, of the original choices for for a Yeah. And Carol O'Connor was a, considered for the skipper, which would have been very different. That would have been different, a little, little but, edgier. But uh, I had also heard that Carol O'Connor, you know, he was living in Italy, and he was when he was cast, he was brought out to to uh, New York to do the first pilot. And a strong stipulation was that they, you know, they had pay for his return trip to Italy because he totally did not believe. He thought this show was just too smart for American television. He had no confidence that this would ever be picked up, and he wanted to make sure that his, you know, his flight back to Italy was already paid for. But in, in going back to what we were talking about before, yeah, he, he had good reason because he would have he would have known that this was based on "Till Death Do Us Part," the British series. Yeah, again, we go back to that. Uh, yeah, it was, and if you see, I know it's out on DVD, and I've watched several of those episodes. Uh, the the character the Alfred Garnett character, and that was so mean and so vicious, and had absolutely zero redeeming qualities. Uh, Archie Bunker would find redemption now and then. Once in a while, he would see that he was wrong. And through the evolution of the two shows, I mean, add Archie Bunker's place to that, the character did evolve. Yeah, right. But but I was going to say uh, he. There were the, the redeeming qualities of Archie were not as evident in the first couple of seasons. It, no, it, it it took a couple of seasons, you know. And and, and again, testim, uh, you know, testim, pay testament to CBS for staying with the show and giving it the chance to grow. Yeah, and yeah, you you, this was a show that I would say very. You, you had to give it the chance to grow, but very soon into it, you knew every character, so you were laughing before the joke. Mm-hmm. You know, some whatever scenario could play out. When you knew that Archie walked into the door, you knew it was going to hit the fan, and you were already laughing in anticipation to seeing how Archie would react. So Carol O'Connor, a brilliant theatrical actor that he was, he did. Uh, he was also a master, I think, at the Gleason-esque school of reacting, mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where. It's it's kind of like the same thing that I think Jack Benny would have the reaction yeah. to. You're 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 already laughing before he says I'm thinking it over. And I think Carol O'Connor also had that 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 type of presence. You knew what was going to happen, you knew how it was going to play out, but also because you knew that character so well and you also knew Mike's character so well. You know, they never threw you any curves and I think when they tried to remake it uh, you know, a generation later when it was 704 Hauser Street, right. the mm-hmm. characters were never as well defined. And oftentimes they would come with a perspective that kind of threw you off. Oh, yeah. I thought he would have thought this thing or that thing. And um, and Archie and, 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 and uh, Meathead and, and Edith and Gloria, you, you knew exactly where they were on every position. And it was really the first time that you had a family on TV that was talking about the things that families at home were talking exactly. about. Oh, yeah. the Vietnam, or should be talking about. The Vietnam about. War, the economy, unemployment. Race relations. Race relations. Sexual, sexual revolution. Sexual relations. Uh, generation sexual, gap. Exactly. I think Archie Bunker is one of the most honest characters that's ever appeared on television. All in the Family as a whole was one of the most honest shows yeah. on television. Yeah, my friend uh, Wally Podrzyk, who was one of the first uh, cultural historians, one of the first television historians, in his book Watching TV and the and later, uh, the sequel of that book, Harry and Wally's Favorite Television Shows, he's, he wrote of All in the Family. So despite, okay, take away the fact that Archie is a bigot. Um, the, the, one of the central things that grounded him to a lot of viewers is you know, the, the, the whole thing about um, Mike and Gloria, where um, 
and Gloria was his little Goyle, mm-hmm. and Mike uh, was you know he was a uh, he was not working at the time, and so Archie being of a cert, of, of the older generation saying, "How dare you get involved with my girl without having any sort of plan to take care of her?" Because that's the that was the way he was raised, and that and that was an issue that a lot of older viewers could could understand, even if they didn't agree with Archie's politics. Yeah. Well, you, there's, there's a couple of things also about the viewership. I think there were a lot of characters that identified with Archie for good and bad reasons. Uh, one, Archie was of the generation that grew up during the Depression and fought in World War II. Mm-hmm. And he was also, if you were a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you were still king of the hill. And you earned it because you lived through the Depression, you fought the war, and then you, know, you, you, know, you were out there to live the American dream, and you, you paid for it by suffering through two major crises. And then at a certain point in your life, you're told, oh, by the way, the wealth has to be shared, not realizing that everybody else who lives in America went through the same struggles. Right. But you, you know, basically, I think you had that generation, and especially the blue-collar type, that felt like they were written a check and they can't cash it anymore. And I think there were a lot of people that kind of went through the same, you know, that were would be of Archie's demographic. And you also had younger people watching the show that would identify with Mike from the same same perspective. Downside is I think there were a lot of people in this country who believed the things that Archie said. And when they saw somebody on TV say the things that they, you know, they didn't really get that Archie was making fun of them. Exactly. You know, he would say these outlandish things and there'd be laughter and they were oblivious to the fact that the joke guy, was on him. Yeah, they didn't realize that he was the punchline. And I think we've had a, a, quite a few sitcoms that uh, maybe the, the, the butt of the joke was too ignorant. I don't want to say dumb or stupid, but just too ignorant to realize that they are the butt of the joke. And, uh, you know, all, I think, you know, it's another reason why you couldn't do a show like that, because... Now those somebody would somebody would be an advocate for the the bigot. Somebody would be an advocate for the person that was too ignorant to realize. You know, now they would all have their own support system. So unfortunately I think that would be another reason why the show could never be on. Not even on cable? Well, ah. it, it would. It, it could work. It could work on cable. I think it could work on cable. But I, if it was done the way that Mad Men is done, yeah. and if it was done in mm-hmm. a period piece. I'm not sure if we could have, you know, with things that are going on politically now with like the Tea Party movement and and, and political discourse, I don't know if we could have a typical American family where you would have those arguments at the dinner table night after night after night. And here's a question. What's the typical American family today? Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com 
for more information on how they can help you.